spend a lot of time at Christian Life Center with Brother Nathaniel Haney as his pastor. So that's that's good stuff right there. That's that's if anybody knows anything about CLC and the Haney's Church and that that area, a lot of good investment have already been made in his life. And so, uh, but back in the day, he and his two older brothers had gone to paradise a couple times. So they've spent time with my wife and her sister and her family and. So they've hung out together. So then, and through Bible quizzing and different things, their circles met in the same, in the same district. Uh, and so, and then when I went out to Bible college, we were chatting today, and he, for a moment, was on the high school soccer team that I coached while I was at Bible college. So that's pretty neat. This is exciting for me. I think it's exciting. I'm trying to be excited about it. That. I don't often get to bring evangelists that are younger than me. I'm like, oh, I'm like the elder here. So, no, so I'm excited, though, to have, uh, to have an old friend. And, and, uh, and then he went on to Bible college, and he uh, went to Christian Life College, the same college my wife and I went to. And uh, then God took him to Florida for a few years, and now he's in Ohio. And he serves, I believe, Section 4, youth rep uh, of the state of Ohio. And he is a full-time evangelist, so this is what he does. This is uh, not something that he dabbles in for fun, although I know he has fun doing it. Uh, But he also plays the drums, Brother David. He was impressed with your drum set. (laughs) So he maybe come to a drum solo or something before it's all over. But anyway, so I told him, he he told me initially we talked at General Conference last year, and we were chatting, and just talking about the fact that he's going to be coming through this area. And I said, well, man, come by us on a Wednesday night. And so he uh, agreed to do that, and I'm thankful for that. And I know and I believe that in his prayer and consecration to God and his preparation for this service, that God has laid something very specific on his heart for this night. For the people who are here, maybe watching online, that you are in this place to hear what God has to say to you tonight. And so would you just stand to your feet and would you help me welcome the man of God to this pulpit this evening, Brother Brother Isaiah Solomon. Praise the Lord. It feels good in here already. And I'm just excited what God has for us tonight. I do want to give honor to Pastor Dornbach for allowing me to be here. Uh, I don't take it lightly, and I have been praying and fasting and searching for a word for you today. And I believe God has given that to me. And so I'm excited to give you that word tonight. And I do get my timer out. Pastor said, depending how late you preach is where we're going to go eat. So So I got to make sure my timer's doing good. So uh, better start that. All right. Well, uh, I do want to give honor to uh, sister, or to me, Jackie, uh, but sister Dornbach, uh, once on a time shields, and uh, just great connection 
camp meetings and district events and just so many great memories. And uh, hi. I don't know. I don't know where Papa Buzz is, but uh, just some great stories. I was talking to Pastor about uh, his shotgun, or uh, I heard about some bean bags being shot. Not at Pastor, but maybe some past ones. I don't know. And so uh, that always scared me. But. Uh, just some great times. Pastor Sullivan, uh, which was Jackie's our sister, uh, Dornbach's pastor, and uh, just great men of God. And uh, I'm so glad that uh, I'm here tonight. And my wife could not be here uh, just because we're preparing for our uh, youth, our midwinter youth retreat. And so she's doing the heavy work while I'm here uh, preaching. So. Uh, I'm thankful for her to help me out. And uh, if she was here, she'd be singing a song right now. So uh, maybe next time, if, if it happens, she'll be here. So, well, uh, can we just close our eyes for just a moment? If we can just close our eyes. I feel uh, I got this last night before I was uh, going to bed, and I felt this deep burden of doubt. And normally when I feel this, uh, I just say, God, if, if you confirm this and it's still on my heart when I get behind the pulpit, I will say it. And so I still feel it heavily, and I feel like God has even given me more clarity about that tonight. But someone here tonight, you might have come here with some doubt Maybe it's for your marriage. Maybe you've been doubting your marriage if it could get better. And you've been questioning, God, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I want to stay in this marriage. But I'm here to tell you tonight, it's time to be encouraged. Because God wants to renew your marriage. Maybe you're a young person. Keep your eyes closed, please. Uh, but uh, maybe you're a young person tonight and you've been doubting if God can use you. God, I'm here to re uh, confirm in your life, yes, God wants to use you. And so if you are experiencing any type of doubt tonight, maybe it's, maybe it's doubt for your relationship with God or maybe it's doubt for your healing. Maybe it's doubt that God can still work in your life Yes, God can do it, and he is doing it. And so I want us to right now, if we could, as our eyes are closed, if we could just lift our hands and receive something from heaven right now. If you are feeling doubt, I want you to begin to pray, God, I give you my doubt. I give you my fears. I give you any anxiety. I want you to just begin to let that out. Don't worry about the person next to you. Just you begin to pray. Let God begin to confirm some things in your life tonight. Let him begin to encourage you and lift you up that you could leave here with a boldness that, yes, your marriage will get better. And, yes, young person, God is calling you to a ministry. And, and yes, 
God can heal you. If you've been doubting that God can heal you, yes, God can heal you tonight. And I believe he is here and wants to do that. So can you just continue? Lift your voice. God, I believe what the preacher is saying. I believe. I don't want to doubt anymore. I want to leave here with faith. I want to leave here encouraged tonight, Lord. I thank you. Now, can we just clap our hands in thanksgiving to the Lord? Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Do not doubt because we serve a God that is so powerful he can do anything. I would not be able to stand before you today without his power in my life. I can tell you, if you knew me when I was younger, I just to know that I can get up and stand before you was a great challenge for me because I was so shy and reserved. But God has opened me up, not because I'm somehow qualified, but because he has seen my passion for his word and for him, and so he's chose to use me. Young person, if you will have a passion for him, you don't know what he might use you for. Now, I feel like God has given me a word for 2020 for the church, not just a local congregation, but the church as a whole. And I'm going to tell you that here tonight, but before I do, I want to just, there was a man in the 1700s, a great revivalist named John Wesley, and as he would have these great revivals, uh, you can be seated, as he would have these great revivals, he was beginning to attract such great crowds that the media begin to get a hold of this. And as the media begin to send reporters out to report what was going on, they begin to interview John Wesley and they asked him, how are you able to attract such great crowds of people? And his response was really simple and it kind of shocked the reporters because of the simplicity of his answer. But all he said was, the answer for you is simple. He said, I just simply set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. And 2020, if you would begin to hear at Refuge Church in uh, Liberty, Missouri, if you would begin to set yourself on fire, this city will come to watch you burn. You, you might not feel qualified. You might not feel like you're special. But I promise you, if you will catch yourself on fire, God will begin to use you. And yes, some people might come to mock. Some people might come to make fun of. But regardless, if you will set yourself on fire, God will use you greatly. And God will begin to send a great increase. Now, my scripture here is in Acts chapter 2. Actually, it's not Acts chapter 2. It's Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. Before I read, I want to just say this. 
Brother Bruce Howe, our Global Missions Director of the United Pentecostal Church International at General Conference this past year, gave his annual report of what was going on around the world. He said, we have now reached 215 countries and territories. And he said, we have only 15 to 16 more countries. And the scripture that I was going to say in Acts chapter 2, it says that when the, the, I'll just read it here. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But then in Matthew 24, it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now, I'm saying that not to scare you. This is not to scare you. It is to excite you. It is to encourage you. It is to ignite a fire and a passion inside of you tonight, a sense of urgency. If the end is going to come when the whole world has heard the gospel, just our organization has 15 to 16 more countries to reach, and this will happen. The end will come. So I'm here to encourage you tonight. Don't be reserved. Don't hold back. Don't let your family be lost. Uh, If there's a lost loved one, begin to be urged and compassionate and be passionate about reaching them and praying for them and interceding for them because there's not time to play around. I don't know if there's already people in those 15 to 16 countries declaring the gospel. The time is now. They just released a peace plan. Uh, The president of the United States met with uh, the president of uh, the prime minister in Israel and he met with the president there uh, of the the Palestinian government and and peace is beginning to happen and And this is all working out. It's all part of the end times. It's now. We have to be ready. We have to be excited and passionate because Jesus is coming. Now, my main text, and I don't know if you guys make it a habit to stand. If not, that's okay. You guys do that. Okay. Well, let's just stand. That's tradition. Not that it's wrong or anything. Matthew 9, 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. John chapter 4 and verse 35. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, for they are ready already white for harvest and he he who reaps receive wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together for in this the saying is true one sows another reaps I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored others have labored and you have entered into their labors one more scripture in Ruth chapter 2 it says then and verse 8 then Boaz said to Ruth let you will listen my daughter will you not do not go to glean in another field nor go from here but stay close by my young women let your eyes beyond the field which they reap and go after them have I not commanded the young men to not touch you 
And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from the young men have drawn. I want to preach to you tonight, very briefly I hope, uh, uh, on this thought. Let your eyes be on the field. Let your eyes be on the field. Can we bow our heads and pray that God would give us revelation and give us understanding of what he has for us tonight. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to deliver your word tonight. I pray that your word would go forth and revelation would be loosed into the atmosphere here. That everyone listening online and everybody that's here in this building, that their minds would be opened, that their hearts would be expanded to receive revelation and understanding of your word tonight. I pray you would anoint my lips that I might speak in boldness and clarity and I will give you all the glory and all the honor for everything you will do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Can we just clap our hands one more time to the Lord? Yes, Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. As I prayed for 2020 for God to give me a word for the church, God spoke to me very clearly and said 2020 would be a year of great harvest for the church. That is exciting me because I want to experience such a great harvest. I was at the Azusa Street Centennial in 2006, and Bishop Kenneth Haney, he had such a great vision that we would see an awakening of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I was only 18 at the time. I said, I want to be a part of a Holy Ghost outpouring. I want to experience that. I want to see that. And at that point, I had probably only seen maybe 10s or 20s receive the Holy Ghost in one service. And, and so I was hungry to see a move of God. And, and so I did, I got my first credit card. And I probably shouldn't have done this now looking back with foresight and wisdom. But I, I maxed out my credit card with a couple of my buddies. And we got a hotel there in Los Angeles. And, and we were so excited and so on fire. And we wanted to see a move. In one of those services, just in one service, there were over 500 people that received the gift of the Holy Ghost in one service. I'm here to declare to you tonight that is not impossible to happen here in Liberty. I, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to prophesy a specific number tonight, but I am trying to tell you, you need to begin to have great faith for a great harvest here in Liberty. God is wanting to pour out His Spirit, and He is wanting to use this church to get the news of the kingdom into this world. Now, finding herself all alone in, in this foreign land, she had lost her husband and her two sons. And she had found herself out of the will of God for her life. And she was only left with her two daughter-in-laws. Her name is Naomi. Naomi, as she was in this foreign land, her husband and two sons died. And Ruth and Orpah, her daughter-in-laws, were all she had left. 
And so she, turning back to the Lord, she said, I'm going to go back to the promised land. They had left the promised land because there was famine, and they thought that they might find something better in another land. And so that's why they left originally. So she makes up her mind with her two daughter-in-laws, let's go back to the promised land. And as she begins to make her way back to the promised land, she begins to break down, and she begins to think about Ruth and Orpah, and she begins to say, uh, you guys can't come with me. She begins to break down and cry and, and begin to weep, and, and because that's all she had left, but she said, you guys aren't from here. You're foreigners, and, and the laws are very, uh, very strict here, and, and we're God's people, chosen people, and, and you're not, and so kind of, you should probably go back to your families and just get remarried and, and have a good life and, and just enjoy your life. And, and, and Naomi began to explain that to them. And, and so Orpah it says that she cried and she began to approach Naomi and kissed her on the cheek. And she said, okay, if that's what you want me to do, then I'll go back to my family. And, and then Ruth, it's Ruth's turn and she begins to weep and, and she kisses Naomi on the cheek, but the difference between Orpah and Ruth is Ruth says this, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts us. So Ruth Ruth makes this covenant, this vow to Naomi, and she's able to do this because she actually made that commitment to her son, and she said, this is death to us part. I'm part of this family now. She said, I already made this vow to your son, and I'm just going to honor it to you, and so she said, your God's my God. Your people are my people, and so she said, entreat me not to leave, and so with that, Naomi and Ruth head into the promised land. And this is where our text really begins. Because as they get there, it's just the culture of that time is the women work the home. And that's not to minimize women's rights or anything like that. It was hard work to maintain the house back then. They had to do a lot of stuff at the house. It wasn't just that you watched the kids. You, you took care of the property. You took care of everything. The men had to go out and, and make a living for certain things and, and, and work the fields and do, you know, blacksmith work and all kinds. That's just the culture. And so as Ruth and Naomi head back, they head back into this culture. And Naomi says, hey, I'll, I'll stay here at the house. Ruth, in our law, it says that if you're a widow, you can go work in the fields. So would you go Go work in the field. Go glean after the reapers and provide for us. Bring something home to help us survive. And so this is where our text picks up. It says, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Will you listen, my daughter, will you not? What Ruth did not understand when she was going to this field that her mother-in-law just said, Hey, would you go here? She was just doing what she was told. As she gets there... She was not expecting the owner of the field to have attention for her. And I'm here to declare to you tonight that the attention of the owner of the field, you have it today. 
The owner of the field, it says the Lord is the harvest. The harvest is this world. And you have the attention of the owner of the field today. You get to have God's attention. And he wants to make some provision for you. Where you can go into the field and you could begin to gather a great harvest. Now Ruth, it says... That he, uh, Boaz, so it says, do not go to glean in another field. I want to encourage someone tonight. <coughs> you might be feeling that you've been doing this for so long. And you haven't been able to get, you've been in this survival mode like Ruth and Naomi. They were just going in the field just to gather enough for maybe that day or maybe that week. She was just hoping to gather enough to survive. That's really what the widows did. They, they'd go there just to survive. And some of you here tonight might feel that way in your spirit. You've just been coming to church and you come to the altar and you hear Pastor uh, Dornbach preach great words and, and you just get something just enough to last you one more week or one more service or one more prayer meeting or one more uh, small group meeting and you're just hoping to get enough to survive. God today wants you to know you have his attention and he's going to provide enough for you today that will keep you for years to come. God wants to give you more than what you have today. He wants to increase your provision today. And so as Boaz said, do not go glean in another field. I am the oracle of God tonight telling you, you might feel like, hey, it might be time to go look for another church. Or, or it might be time to go look for another job. Maybe where you're at, you're feeling like, this job's just not what it has. God has placed you there for a purpose. Uh, you need to begin to look at everything you do that God has placed you there for purpose. Uh, everything that is happening in your life isn't just by chance. Uh, but you are the people of God and he has his hand on you. And everything you do, the Bible says in the Old Testament so many times to the people that served him. He said that he would provide for them. That his hand is on them and they would be blessed. Uh, you need to begin thinking just like that. You're the people of God. Everything you touch, God wants to bless. You just need to have the faith that he's going to bless it. So instead of saying, God, you know, I think it's time to glean somewhere else. It's time to get a different job. Maybe God has you there because your boss needs to hear the gospel. Maybe God has you there because there's a co-worker or maybe a customer you might meet. And you need to deliver the gospel to them. Well, it's not, it's not good today to speak religion in the workplace. I'm not telling you to speak religion in the workplace. I'm telling you to testify in the workplace. There's nothing in the law that says you can't go to work and say, hey, hey, you're not going to believe this. Uh, Pastor Gary preached last night, and you're not going to believe it. They, there were people that came to the altar, and they were healed. You're not going to believe this. There was someone that was ready to commit suicide, and God changed their life. Uh, that's not religion. That's not bringing 
bringing religion to the workplace. That's just testifying what is happening in your life. So many times you go to the doctor and you go to work and they somebody asks you, how are you doing? Well, the doctor told me this today. I, I'm still sick or I'm still dealing with this. You can tell them that, but how come we have such a hard time saying, hey, look what God did. God wants to give you an increase. He wants you to have a great harvest. So don't go glean somewhere else. Uh, Look right where you're at. Don't be discouraged. Don't be weary in your working. But just press forward. Just begin to stay right where you're at and let God use you. Let him give you some direction. Let him give you a word of encouragement. You might feel right now. I I don't know who I'm talking to, but you might have been feeling, man, it's time to go somewhere else. It's time to find another church. I, I just feel like this hasn't been it. I'm here to tell you, you need to stay right where you're at. This is right where God has planted you, and it's time to grow in that place. So don't go glean in another field. Now go from here, uh, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap. Now, the, Ruth, as Boaz begin, what we don't really, you have to kind of read all of it, is that Boaz had instructed his men to leave more behind than normal. The widows were able to go in after the reapers, and reap what they left behind. Maybe some fell. Maybe they just missed a spot. If you've ever drove by a big farm field and maybe it's corn. I don't know what they plant here in Missouri. But uh, I, where I live in Ohio, it's corn. And sometimes on the edges, they leave some of the corn because maybe the machine can't get it. Well, they didn't have machines back then. But they were able to go in after what they missed and begin to take that for themselves. It was free. They just had to do the work for it. They just had to labor for it. Now, let your eye be on the field. Why did Boaz tell Ruth, let your eye be on the field? Because Boaz instructed the men, I want you to do it on purpose. I want you to drop extra stuff right where Ruth is or around her. Don't let her know. You know, don't make it obvious to everybody else because I'm giving her special favor. Make sure it's kind of inconspicuous. But when you have a chance, just drop some extra there for her. And so as Boaz said, don't keep your eye on the field because here's the thing. There's a lot of other women in the field that are widows. And if you don't let your eye be on the field, when that extra stuff is dropped, the other widows can still come and get it. And so you need to make sure your eyes are on the field because God has made some provision just for you, just for this church. God has intentionally left some extra just for you. And if your eyes are not fixed on the field, if they're not fixed on where the reaping's happening, you might miss your miracle. You might miss your healing. You might miss one of your loved ones coming to church. You need to have your eyes fixed on the field. What do I mean? How, how, can, how can I maybe miss an opportunity if my eyes aren't on the field? 
Let me say it this way. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you have a lost loved one or a friend or a coworker. They don't want it right now. They're not ready for it right now. They've they've said, "I don't want to hear it. I, I don't like that. That's yours. That's yours. That's not for me." And and then you kind of like, "Okay, I'm never going to talk to them again about it." And we get discouraged in that. But if you would keep your eyes on the field, there's a moment in time. It could be very brief, but there's a moment. Maybe it's in a moment of weakness for them or a moment of trial. And they might be sensitive enough to say, okay, what do you have for me? What can you tell me? And if your eyes are not on the field, you won't be sensitive enough to see it. And you might miss the only doorway, the only gateway into someone's salvation. Salvation. We are in the last days and we are so close to the coming. There is not time to keep, not keep our eyes on the harvest. Let your eye be on the harvest. There are souls that are dependent on you keeping your eye on the harvest. Let your eye be on the field which they reap. Now it says, and go after them. Now, Pastor, I'm not trying to add context here. But I want to read it this way. I know it means go after them means they're going to go first and you go after that. But I like reading it this way. Do not go glean in another field nor go from here but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. I want to be passionate when I see that the reapers have dropped something. And just to give you some clarity, I believe that God has sent angels as reapers into the world in this last time. There's spiritual warfare going on. Even in this city as we speak, there is angelic warfare that is taking place. And there are reapers in the spirit, if I could say it that way. Angels are beginning to reap things and, and because of our prayers and because of our intercessions and and so angels have been loose to begin to reap and begin to do things spiritually and 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 loose principalities and and all of this stuff is happening and so as they have been loose they have been instructed I believe this with all my heart tonight God has instructed angels reapers in the spirit to leave some extra behind for you and so you've been wondering man I'm just in this moment of survival God wants to give you more tonight than you can handle. He wants to give you more tonight than you can actually just have for yourself. He wants to give you enough for others. He wants to give you enough to provide for a long time. And so we let our eyes be on the harvest and go after them. It's time to get passionate. I want to go after it. When the reapers drop something, I want to say, oh, hey, there's some stuff over here. I want to go after it. You need to go after it. You need to get passionate about it. Young people, it's time to get passionate about what God is doing in your schools. It's time for, if you don't have a P7 club, it's time to start a P7 club. It's time to begin to minister to your friends, be an encouragement. God can use you to pray for them. If there's someone in school that has autism, you could pray for them and God can heal them. I had a friend in, in high school. He had autism. He couldn't pray. He couldn't create any relationships. We said he needs the Holy Ghost and God's going to heal him. He got the Holy Ghost after several months of working on him and encouraging him and, and, and just 
talking to him and him not even paying attention to me. But in, in his mind, he's hearing every word. And though he physically might not be able to respond, it took some months. Uh, but we stayed faithful. And when he got the Holy Ghost, he opened up. His grades got better. He made friends. I'm telling you, your influence, uh, you can change your school. You can change your friends. If there's someone at your school that needs healing, you could pray for them and they could be healed. Mom and dad, your influence is so great. Uh, we expect our kids to do this, uh, but you need to have that same faith. Uh, you need to pray for your coworkers and you need to tell your kids, hey, you're, you're not going to believe this. Uh, I prayed for my coworker today and God encouraged them. God gave them peace. God gave them a financial blessing. You need to start sharing that with your family, with your kids. Include them into what God's doing in your life. Let your eyes be on the field and go after it. Have I not commanded the young men? Uh, I'm hurrying up here. It says, have I not commanded the young men to not touch you? Now again, this is Referring to the reapers that are in the field. They have dropped extra for Ruth. But not only that, Boaz said, now don't keep her from it. Let her be able to gather it. And so he said to, to Ruth, I have instructed the men to not touch you, to not keep you from the harvest. That I'm sure that probably excited her. And I'm here, I hope you get excited tonight. I hope someone gets excited in your spirit. I hope you get passionate inside tonight because God is giving you an open door in 2020. He's saying that I have instructed that it should not be kept from you. You know, in Daniel, when we, how many's heard of the Daniel fast? Pretty popular nowadays. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, that's not really the Daniel fast because Daniel did not say, I'm praying for 21 days. He said, I'm going to pray and fast until I get an answer. So it could have been 40 days. He was just fasting because he was so concerned about what was taking place. And so as he was fasting at, at 21 days, it says an angel appeared to him. And this is what the angel said. He said, the prince of Persia came and confronted me, but I heard you on day one. I heard you as soon as you prayed your first prayer. You might think that your prayers aren't being heard, but I assure you they are. But you know the problem a lot of times is there's principalities and powers that are confronting your prayers and spiritual things. And angels are at war and, and maybe your healing couldn't get here yet because there's a principality that's holding it back. Maybe it's a financial blessing and there's a principality that's holding it back. And, and God is waiting for you you to continue to pray and fast because what happens is it said that after Daniel had prayed this and fasted, the archangel Michael came and began to fight in the place of the messenger angel Gabriel. And so Gabriel was able to come in and deliver the message because another angel came and fought in his place. Uh, your prayer and fasting begins to unlock principalities and powers so your miracles, your healings, so your lost loved ones can 
can be saved. And so it's time to press on. And I'm telling you that because God has instructed the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age saying they cannot touch you. I have made provision for you and I am not letting them hold it back from you anymore. You have direct access to it. I have instructed it for you this year in 2020 that you would reap such a great harvest. If you want to reap such a great harvest tonight, would someone get passionate? Could you maybe stand up and begin to say, God, I want to reap a harvest in 2020 in my life. I want to reap something in my spirit. I want to reap some lost souls in 2020. I want this to be the greatest year of my life uh, spiritually in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. You can be seated. Let your eye be on the field. And here's the thing. When you begin to work the fields, it's not easy. It's hard work. It's in the heat of the day. It's, it's not easy keeping your eyes on the field because you have to watch the reapers as they're reaping. And you have to kind of be focused. And when you're focused, I, I, my wife, she's a... a an escrow officer, and she does it remotely, but she, it's such detailed work. She has to focus, and by the end of the day, she only works part-time, but by the end of her shift that she works, uh, she's so mentally drained because of the pressure and because of how much work and focus it takes. It's hard to work the field. So I understand your weariness. I understand what you feel at times because I feel it. When I work the field, I get tired. I get weary. Pastor understands what it means to get weary in the field when you're working so hard and you're gathering everything you can because God has made provision for you and you don't want any of it to go to waste. You don't want to pass any of it by. So you just keep working. But this is what Boaz said. This is what the owner of the field said. He said, and when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. In other words, what does that mean for me? It means that when you get weary in the field, when you get tired and you feel exhausted from the heat and you don't know if you can go keep gleaning in the field, that Boaz, the owner of the field, and God, who is the Lord of the harvest, he's instructing you. I've already made provision for you. The men have drawn on the waters for you to get refreshed in. When you get weary in the field, when you're working, young people, when you get scared at the school and you, God has made a place for you where you can get refreshed at this altar, you could come to church and have a safe place where you can get restored. You can get filled up again after you've poured all yourself out in the field. You have a place that God has made for you that you need to get filled up. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, 
while, but you've been working and you've been discouraged and you feel in yourself right now. You're, you're feeling, I, I need to talk to pastor. I, I need to let go of this ministry. I, I, I don't need to, I can't do this anymore. It's just too much on my family. It's too much on my emotions. I'm speaking to you right now. God has made provision for you when you're thirsty. When you are weary, God wants to restore you tonight. He wants to renew your passion tonight. He wants to renew your passion for your ministry. The fields that you are working, you need to stay right where you are. Don't go glean in another field. It's time to just come and get refreshed at the altar. And you need to say, God, I'm weak in my body right now. But I know, I know that I can get some refreshing tonight. And you're going to feel renewed. You're going to feel uh, encouraged and, and passionate about your ministry after tonight. Uh, you might feel weary in it, but God is taking you to a new level in your ministry if you will continue to let your eye be on the field. Now, if the musicians will come, I'm almost done. I just want to give you about three tools, and I'm going to go through them really fast, on why Ruth was able to keep her eye on the field. How can you let your eyes be on the field? I want to give you these three tools. The first is found through Ruth's vow to Naomi. Ruth's vow was pretty much, it's death do us part. The reason she was able to go into Boaz's field where she knew not the law. She didn't know anything about the country or the culture. She just did what she was instructed. And she went into the field. And when the owner of the field said, let your eyes be on the field. The reason she was able to do that was not because somehow she was this qualified person. She wasn't supposed to really be in Israel. She wasn't one of them. But because she married in, she just had faith. Hey, Naomi's my mother-in-law and, and I'm going to be part of this. And so the reason she was able to keep her eye on the field was because she made a vow to Naomi. And you need to make that same vow to your harvest. Uh, you need to make that same vow. This is death do us part, Pastor. Pastor, I've committed to 2020 that I'm going to reap a harvest. It's death do me part. I, I, I'm not going to not reap anything in 2020. I want to reap something. I, you need to commit to the harvest tonight. You need to make up your mind. I don't care how much prayer and fasting I need to do. I'm committed to seeing my children in church again. You need to commit uh, to the harvest. Uh, you need to make a vow to it. You need to say, Pastor, this church is going to grow in 2020 if it kills me. I'm committed and I'm going to stand behind Behind your vision for this church, uh, whatever I have to do, I'm going to see an increase at Refuge Church. Uh, I want to see it. I want to commit to it. I want to make a vow. It's death do us part. The second tool is found in John in 4 and 35. Jesus is given the parable to his disciples. And it says that the harvest, you say the harvest comes in four months. 
There's still four months until the harvest is ready. But Jesus said, I tell you now, the harvest is, the fields are already white. The fields are ready now. You might not feel qualified. You might not, you might even feel disqualified because of something of your past. Maybe you've had a failing. Maybe you're still in an addiction. Maybe you're struggling with some secret sin that nobody knows about. I'm here to declare to you today, it's time to put that under the blood. It's time to say, God, I repent of this. I'm not going to go back to it. But I want to reap a harvest in 2020. And I'm here today to declare to you that if you will do that, God is faithful and just to forgive you. But not only that, He wants to use you. Now that you're right with Him, He wants to restore you. He wants to use you. He wants to put you in the field so you can reap such a great harvest too. How many want to reap a harvest? Some of us. Man, how many want to reap a harvest? I want to reap a harvest in 2020. The fields are already white. It's not time to hold back. It's not time to wait. We're in the very last of days. It, the rapture could happen at any time. I, I, it's that desperate. And, and I know I've heard it all my life. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. We're in the last days. Y2K is coming. You better store up all your food. You better be ready. My grandma had so many storage sheds. We went to Costco and bought massive amounts of dried food and and. And ramen noodles. And, and I always thought that was so crazy. Because Y2K's coming. The computers are all going to shut down. The world's going to end. Uh, and now there's all these people saying, well, they're going to knock some bombs. The terrorists are going to let these bombs go off. And it's going to kill all the technology. And I can't think of the name of the bomb right now. But they're just it's going to destroy all cars and all electronics. And, and you need to be ready. And I... Uh, I'm not all for that. What I'm here to tell you, the end is near, yes, uh, but it's Jesus is coming. It's just time to be ready for when he comes. I want to be ready. We don't have time to hold back. Uh, we don't have time to not be passionate. We must reap a harvest in 2020. The fields are ready now. The last tool, if we could stand. The last tool is found... In Matthew 9 and 37 and 38, said that the Lord is, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And then he says, pray for laborers. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, everybody can pray this prayer. Everybody needs to pray this prayer. And I hope you pray it tonight. And there's two sides to praying this prayer. You might be the one that you need a laborer. You might be here saying, I need a Bible study. You might be here saying, I don't understand what this church is all about. I don't understand why we practice holiness. I don't understand why we do some of this stuff that we do. You might be that one, and you're the one that needs to pray. God, send me a laborer to come give me a Bible study. Send me a laborer to come encourage me. You might be the one that needs healing, and you're saying, God, send a laborer that's ready to pray for my healing. Send a laborer. You might be that one, but you might be the other one where you need to pray, God, I don't have any specific gifting. 
I don't feel like you've called me for anything specific. You might not even have a job in this church at this moment. But you need to pray, God, send laborers. Send laborers. You know why you need to pray that? Because when you begin to get passionate about God sending laborers, God is going to begin to use you to be a laborer. He's going to begin to work on your heart. And as you begin to pray for laborers, God's going to give you a passion and desire for some type of ministry. All of us have some type of gifting. All of us are passionate about something. You can start a small group. You can start something. God wants to use all of us. But if you never pray, Lord, send some labors, you might not ever get that passion. You might not ever get that burden. You might not ever receive that calling. It's time to get passionate about the harvest. It's time to get passionate about what God wants to do in your life. He wants to use all of us. If you have the Holy Ghost, if you've been baptized in Jesus name it's time to be used uh, it's time to say pastor I'm ready I don't know what you want me to do but I'm just trusting you uh, I trust that your leadership in my life use me any capacity if it's to clean the bathrooms if it's to come shovel snow if it's come to, to clean the lot when there's leaves it doesn't matter it, if you need me to vacuum if you need me to teach a Bible study if you need me to take someone out to eat pastor I'm ready I'm ready to reap a harvest in 2020. Some of you, you guys need to begin praying, God, help me have a passion for intercession. We need some inter intercession. Intercession is a dying art in our churches. We need a renewing of intercessory prayer. We need people that will call up pastor and say, Pastor, I know you're busy, but I, I just feel passionate. I want to have an all-night prayer meeting. Can you let me in the church? Uh, can you turn the alarm off so I can go pray. I, I'm going to pray all night. Uh, and if you have anything you need me to pray about, just let me know. I'm going to intercede all night long. We need a renewing. Young people, this is the, your greatest moment. You have so much time. You have so much so much for you. God wants to use you greatly. I was only 17. I was 16 and 17 going to all night prayer meetings and God would do such great miracles, signs and wonders. Uh, I seen so many great miracles because I just said, God, whatever you want. I didn't last all the night sometimes. I, I maybe made it to three o'clock sometimes. Some nights I maybe made it to one o'clock, uh, but I committed to the prayer. I I ended up falling asleep on the pew or right here at the altar and, and six o'clock came and my youth pastor tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, it's time to go home. And, and I woke up uh, but I can't tell you the blessing, the miracles, the things that God did in my life because I committed to the harvest in my life. The last thing I want to say is this. Can we just, if you can physically come, would you come to this altar? If you can physically walk. I know some, some might not be able to have the strength to stand, but if you could at least make it to the front row. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith tonight. God is going to do great things. This church uh, is going somewhere that's never been before. This church uh, in 2020 is going to see such a great harvest. And God is going to do something tonight uh, to show you what God wants to do in your life in this church in 2020.
So this last thing I want to reveal to you is in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 17. It said, so she gleaned in the field until evening, beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Now an ephah of barley is a really big bowl. It's a pretty good-sized bowl of the seeds from the harvest. And she would grind that up to make bread and flour for their survival. And so God provided one ephah. That was a lot for one day. When she got back, Naomi said, wow, whose field were you in? How could you gather such a great harvest for us? One ephah was such a big harvest for them. But here's, by the end of Ruth's story, this is what I want. I want you to grab onto. I want you to put this in your spirit. I want you to pray God gives you revelation of this right now. Because this is going to happen. This church, you have gone out into the field. And, and in 2020, you're going to go out into this field. And you're going to give everything you have. And you're going to gather one ephah. You're, you're going to gather. That's all that Ruth could gather in one day. She spent all day in the field, and she gathered an ephah, which was a lot. It was a great increase. She, she gathered a lot. She gave all she had. But this, by the end of the story, this is, this is what happened. Naomi said, okay, you need to go talk to this Boaz, and, and you need to go do what it's custom and and so she went to him at night and laid at his feet and and did what was custom by the end of that night it says Ruth in Ruth chapter 3 and 17 and she said these six ephahs of barley he gave me for he said to me do not go empty handed to your mother-in-law I'm here to declare to you today, you do all you can to do to gather your one ephah. But at the end of this year, God is going to turn your one ephah into seven. He's going to turn what you can gather. He's going to multiply that. He's going to take your one and he's going to give you six more that you did not have to work for. You did not have to gather yourself. God is going to give you such a great increase. You are going to begin to take pleasure in someone else's labor. The Lord of the harvest has been at work. The angels, other people's prayers. This church has been here for years. And there has been some prayers that have been prayed from the very onset of this church. And though there has been struggle, though there has been pains, though there has been hurt, those prayers have never died. And they are about to reap such a great increase in 2020. So I just, before I pray this prayer, this is what I want you to understand. If you need a miracle, if you need healing in your body, God wants to give you that healing, but He wants to give you more than that for someone else. He wants to give you more. So when you pray for healing, don't just pray for your healing. Say, God, use my healing to heal others. Use what you do for me for others because I want there to be an increase. I, I, want there, I want you to give me stuff I didn't work for. You can pray those type of prayers. So what I want us to do right now, is there anybody that needs healing? Is there anybody that needs healing in your body? One, two, three, 
four, five, six. If you need healing, I want you to come up here. God wants to heal you. Seven. If you need healing, just come as close as you can. Now, I know this is going to take a little bit of courage, but God wants to give you the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the Holy Ghost for the first time and you've never spoken other tongues, I want you to come to this altar right now. If you, if you desire to receive the Holy Ghost for the first time, I want you to come to this. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Now, I was at a church in Florida. I was telling Pastor this uh, earlier today. I was at a church in Florida, at actually two different churches. And God did such a great work. Everybody that came to the altar received the Holy Ghost. Everybody that came for healing received healing. At this one specific church on a Sunday morning, I just prayed for healing for everybody in the church. Some people I felt, you know, the Holy Ghost was really moving and some people I didn't feel too much. So I don't want you to go off your feelings tonight. I want us to be emotional. I want us to feel God. But don't just think, oh, I didn't feel some virtue or something, so I don't think I'm healed. No, if, if you have the faith, I am going to have faith with you. We're going to pray the prayer of faith, and I believe God's going to do something for you. And so this is, this is what I want you to do. As I was at this church, God healed that night. We just had testimony service before I preached the night service. There was a guy, he had lifted his hands. He said, I want to testify. He said, I've had a torn ligament in my shoulder for three years. The doctors found it two years ago. He said, my bicep shrunk because I can't use my arm. My bicep shrunk. I can't even lift my arm above my shoulder. But he said, when you prayed for me, he said, I was healed. The pain is gone. He said, he, and, and even not only that, he said that my muscle, the bicep, has gotten stronger again. And three weeks later, he called a pastor. The pastor of that church called me. He said, this guy just had me come out to his car. He said, pastor, I want you to see this. He went to his hatchback of his trunk and he lifted it up. He said, pastor, I haven't been able to do this for three years. He said, I can lift this. I'm, I'm pain free. He said, the ligament was healed. God can heal anything. Then another lady, she lifted her hand. She said, I have a testimony. She said, when you prayed for me, I had sciatic nerve pain. I've been in this wheelchair. She, she was in a wheelchair, and she said, I, I've had sciatic nerve pain from sitting in this wheelchair for so long. She said, I, I, I've been in so much pain just sitting here. She said, God healed my sciatic nerve pain. God can do anything. God can do anything. If you suffer from sciatica or you suffer from some joint pain, God can heal you. Another lady, she lifted her hand. She said, I have TMJ. She said, I haven't been able to eat cheeseburgers. I said, man, that's terrible. She said, I've wanted to eat cheeseburgers so, so bad. She said, when you prayed for me, she said, my jaw opened up. She said, I've been able to eat cheeseburgers today. If you want to eat cheeseburgers, God wants to give you a cheeseburger. 
another lady lifted her hand. She said, I have a testimony. She said, I, and she was a little elderly. She said, I've, I haven't been able to swallow solid food for weeks now. She said, I, I've been on a liquid diet because it hurts to swallow anything. She said, when you prayed for me, the pain's gone. I'm able to eat solid food. I'm telling you, God can do anything. Now, there's one more miracle I want to share. That guy that had the torn ligament, he, they just, he, he brought his sister up. She had a walker. They both came up together, and I just prayed healing for both of them. I didn't know what she was dealing with. I just, she had, was in a walker, and I said, God bless her. I said, heal her body. Whatever she needs, give it to her now. Let her leave with her healing. They just walked out before the altar service was done, and I, I was like, man, I wish, I wish they would have stayed a little longer. I wish they would have connected a little harder. And, and that night, or actually that week, I got a call about a week later from the pastor, that lady that had the walker, I didn't know what her problem was, but pastor said she was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer, and she, he said she went to the doctor on Wednesday after service, and the doctor said that she don't need to come back here anymore because you have no bone marrow cancer, and the and the thyroid doctor said, and your thyroid's working just fine, we don't need to see you again. That's the God that we serve. It doesn't matter how great your sickness is. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. God wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. So this is what I want us to do. We're going to receive. How many want to receive something from God? I want to receive some. If you want a calling, you can receive it tonight. If you want to see a great harvest, we're going to receive a great harvest. We're going to begin to send some things out spiritually. And this week, you're going to begin to reap some things. And here's what I want you to understand. In Scripture, in 2 Kings 13, there was a king, Jehoash, when he heard that the prophet was dying, he said, I want a blessing from the prophet. He said, would you reassure me that my kingdom would be good? And so the prophet said, yes, I want you to take this arrow and shoot it out the window. And then he said, now I want you to take the arrows and strike the ground with it. And, and the king just struck the ground two or three times. And the prophet said, because you did not strike it more, he said, you, you will only see such a great victory, but it won't be as great as it could have been if you would have struck it more. In other words, if you would have been more passionate about it, if you would have sought it even harder, if you would have made up your mind, I, I'm going to see such a great victory, I, I, and you beat those arrows till they break. You're going to see such a great victory. That's what God's looking for tonight. He's wanting someone to be passionate. I don't want to miss anything in the harvest because God has left some stuff just for you here in Liberty. I don't want to miss any of it. I want to pick up every piece that he's left for me. So this is what I want to do, and I'm going to pray the prayer of faith, and God's going to do something great here tonight. I want us to just repent for just a moment. I don't want anything 
to hinder what God wants to do. All of us. I, I know that you might not feel like there's anything to repent of. Maybe you repented before service. But I just want us to have a, a prayer of repentance all together. I want us to find a just in ourself. God, I want to be right with you. I don't want anything to hinder what you want to do here tonight. Can we do that for just a moment? Whatever it is, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need healing, it doesn't matter. If you need anything at all, I just want you to begin to pray some prayers of repentance. God, forgive me of every sin I've ever done. Forgive me of everything that I've ever, anything that comes up against me in your presence. God, forgive me for the thoughts that I've thought, for the sins that I've done, for the words that I said that I shouldn't have said, for the gossip that I said that I shouldn't have spread. God, I pray, forgive me for going to those places that I shouldn't have gone. Forgive me for watching that stuff I shouldn't have watched. Forgive me for listening to that music I shouldn't have been listening to or that gossip I shouldn't have been listening to. God, forgive me for every sin that I've ever done. God, forgive me for the things that I don't even know that I've done, that I'm not even aware of, that I've that they've come and offense to you. Forgive me, Lord, right now. Wash me with your blood. Make me right with you. Make me whole tonight. Uh, I want to be healed tonight. I want to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. I want to receive a great harvest tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Let me get your attention. You've repented, it's done. It's done. It's not before you. It's not before you and God. It's done. Let it go. It's not affecting what God wants to do in your life tonight. Your guilt, your shame, let it out. Don't feel like it's hindering what God wants to do because you've been forgiven. It's gone. Now, we're going to receive something from God. Can you feel it in the Holy Ghost, what God wants to do, what you want to receive? I want to take just one minute, maybe less than a minute, but I want you to get one thing in your mind. If you have more, I want you to get as many things. God said he can do exceedingly abundantly above we can ask or think. I want you to begin to ask God for something big. If it's a bunch of big things, ask Him for it. I want you to get that in your mind. Just put that in your mind right now. If it's healing, if it's a lost loved one, if it's a great winning lost people you've never reached before, if you want to see people covered in tattoos saved, I want you to begin to speak it. Begin to have it in your mind because we're going to pray a prayer of faith and God is going to begin to do something in the Spirit tonight. So this is what we're going to do. You, do you have that thing? Does everybody have something? Everybody's got something. Okay. Now, you need to understand, you have to have faith. Faith says that it's for me. Faith says it's possible. Faith says I believe it. Desire, you have to have desire too. Desire says I'm not leaving here without it. I'm not going to leave this altar until I feel a shift in the spirit. I'm not leaving this altar until my body feels different. I'm not leaving here until I hear my voice speaking in other tongues. I'm not leaving here until I've received what I feel I need to receive. That's desire. Then we're going to worship God. 
and when I, when I pray the prayer of faith, I'm going to count to three. And I just want us to worship God with everything we have. And when I begin to pray and we begin to worship, God is going to pour out His Spirit in this place. And miracles are going to rain down. Healing is going to rain down. If you need a financial blessing, it's going to be unlocked. You're going to begin to get a call. Maybe you're going to get a raise this week. I don't know what it is. But you need to begin praying. Maybe it's for your marriage. Maybe it's for your lost kids kids maybe it's for your boss let's pray now can we lift everyone lift your hands in this place we're going to receive by the authority of the word of God in the power of the name of Jesus I lose miracles, signs, and wonders. I, I lose faith uh, into the atmosphere here now. I speak great faith uh, into our lives. Uh, I speak healing. I speak joy. I speak peace. Uh, I speak restoration into every heart in this building. And if there's anyone online right now, I speak joy. I speak faith into your your home right where you're at uh, in the name of Jesus uh, so be it uh, let it be done now in Jesus name one two three hallelujah hallelujah come on worship him like you have received your healing in the name of Jesus that's it uh, receive it uh, receive power receive your calling in the name of that sinner receive strength now in the name of Jesus receive power God I want to reap a great harvest anoint her Lord in the name of Jesus hallelujah